He didn't get, get fired. fired. No, he fired. didn't get fired. He never got his contract renewed. Welcome, 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 everyone, to season five of Two Guys in Hockey Talks, episode 16, our last one before the year end. We appreciate everyone tuning in. Remember to like, share, subscribe. We appreciate it. Evan, my beautiful co-host, how are you? Welcome back. How are hey, you? I, I, I'm doing wonderful. I'd like to just go back to our sponsor and partner, Penny Billionaires, and their Ooh. wonderful song, we like to throw a shout out for them, guys. Hey, make sure you check out Penny Billionaires, an electronic hard rock fuse band out of Phoenix. They have some amazing tunes. We thank them for the copyright uh, rights, even though Facebook keeps denying us for every episode. I'd like to just sing a little tune from a part of their song. I'm just so sick and tired. I'm hanging over a wire. Can I just talk about last week just for a sec and then let's sure get can, into the but show. Before that, maybe we shouldn't sing so that we're not getting rid of people watching. Like we want people to come and watch, not listen to you sing. This isn't uh, American Idol here. Okay. But go ahead. So the start of our last show, if you watch my eyeballs and you go back to season five, episode 15, you'll see I'm looking up in the corner and here's why. I'm staying in a condom, a con, a condom. <laughs> I'm staying in a condo in Maui. I'm outside by the barbecue pit and the table and someone's yelling, shut up outside, keep it down. It was like, it was four o'clock in the afternoon and they're worried about me talking out by the tennis yard. And then they bring a note saying, hey, you should keep it quiet. You're yelling and it's really annoying thank you mahalo well like we have we i'm gonna salute those people and i'm gonna say cheers to that because i think sometimes you need to uh su you know as they say and because nobody <laughs> wants to listen to you ranting unless it is the rant of the night which we may get to later but if you're out there watching grab your beverage cheers We're gonna cheers Evan, it's been a jam-packed week. There's been a lot going on. Um, we got one question right away here from Bruce Harper. Bruce, welcome, welcome. Hey, welcome, um, Bruce. question is, do you feel the number one team can uh, be Edmonton if they start playing like last year? Uh, we're going to get into that. I believe they can, but but they are, they're really struggling right now, but we're going to get into that. The one thing I want to talk about first and very important is the Colorado Avalanche. Now, I'll just start with the Colorado Avalanche because there's a thread to how this is going to go. Okay. He says hi. So yesterday, the Colorado Avalanche lost to the Chicago Blackhawks three to two, right? Okay. Every yeah. Team loses to every other team. That's why they are in the NHL. But Devon Taves, one of the defensive defensemen, called out his teammates. He indicated, and I quote, I think they're kidding at themselves at this point because he thinks some guys that are playing well, but they're kidding themselves. It's frustrating to play out there when you've got guys that think they're playing well and have no idea what they're going to do or where they're going to be on the ice. It's tough to play in this league when you don't know where your teammates are going to be. Yeah. Now, these are bold, bold predictions. The the Avalanche are second in the Central Division. They're going to be fine. Um, you know, one loss, definitely not, not the best thing ever. But, you know, what do you make of those kind of comments from a teammate, somebody who's a veteran, to their colleagues? This is why I brought or the jersey over here, right? What do you make of that when it isn't the coach making the comments like you heard a Rick talk it before? Um, to his teammates through the media and does that light up a fire under his guys or is that gonna piss some people off 
<laughs> part of my <laughs> well for, for, first of all i don't even think he's talking about your star players because they know how to play they're all they they're not the ones he's talking about and i think people think he's talking about the stars he's not talking about makar or Rantanen, or he's not talking about mckinnon he's talking about some of those other guys underneath and the truth is is there has been some talk going on around the circles around the avalanche from some of the beat reporters that some of the crew that is kind of the support players um just kind of take the ride and i wonder if that's really what these comments are at and i and you know these comments are good because it actually like what are they going to do be a robot never give us anything <laughs> i mean this is what we're talking about it tonight and this is making news it's riling people up you're in the game that actually means you're going to hear rumors about you you're going to hear stuff you're getting paid the money to know that you're in it and if you can't take the heat it's time to get out of that kitchen <laughs> well said well said so you guys can let us know your thoughts was he right? Was he not right? Is this going to change? Again, I think yeah. the Colorado Avalanche are in a safe cushion. Okay. We're getting to the third quarters of the season. They're doing well. Um, they'll make the playoffs. Can they, re or not necessarily repeat, but yeah. go back within three years? Um, time will tell. Um, they do have a good, good young core. They did trade Thomas yeah. Tatar, who struggled. Um, I wrote about that in my piece. Uh, if you guys checked it out at two guys in hockeytalk.com, check out our blog. We got articles weekly getting up there, a lot of things going on. Um, yeah, Tar has gone over to yeah. Seattle and has really thrived, who has struggled with scoring. But before I get to my next point, go ahead. I know, I know, you yeah, want to well, uh, yeah, I, I want to make sure you don't keep jumping teams on me and don't give me a chance to actually comment on other. Oh, stuff well, maybe you should come prepared next time. This is I, actually the I'm problem is, the show and I'm Latin. prepared to do the show. Well, it, it's so. kind of interesting because when I run the show, I actually get you interrupting all the time, but okay, <laughs> so, it, it seems like some power has come your to you. Thoughts and you're on trying to take going to no, 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 I don't, I, I want to give some updates around this who cares about him going to seattle they cleared cap this didn't have to do with anything else i wanted to talk about this last week actually um th this whole clearing is to clear cap space for a run and in fact they're only a million and some less and there's a lot of lindholm rumors going around about elias gonna be a tough shot to be able to get him but he is not re-signing in Calgary anymore. That is past. Guys, I'm sorry. You're a Flames fan. You have a 20-30% chance. So what you need to be looking at is that you're going to get something good for him because he is an incredible player. But he's coming in, I believe, in somewhere in the fours and they or late threes. Can't remember exactly. But it's about a million and a half difference. They need to clear some cap space with it. So that's one thing. I like that's they're they're clearing out a guy that's not able to do what they needed to do. That's all that is. But I want to talk about Nico Rantanen for a minute because okay. uh, I'm trying to get the guy's name. So his name was Ismo Lehens, and he was a father yes. uh, of one of the Finnish players' dads that we didn't even talk about yet. And no. he put a whole bunch of crap in the media, and Miko was mad. He's saying, "Listen, he's saying I'm not training, I'm not doing stuff." Um, when in fact he says that he had a great workout off season, this guy is just trying to get his name in the paper. And I just like to make a note of this because I saw a whole bunch of people on social media start going on about how Miko came out of shape and how bad he was. It was their own personal agenda. They were on based off something a father of a player said, who just was looking for some hits. Stop <laughs> believing everything that you hear. I obviously, um, that, that bothers me just because I'm sick and tired of people believing things that aren't even facts. I'm done with the abs. 
That's fair. You should have saved it for the ranch. But but you make some good points. You guys can let us know what you thought um, was. I got lots necessary. of. I, I got, know that there was a lot of dad's trips happening. I, I I get the balance. You know, you you can make it very awkward in the room, especially if it's the dad of another player. Like if the dad of the son who's playing made the comments, be like, yeah, I expect a little bit more. Made a joke about it. Sure. To to comment about another player um, yes. on the team, it's unique. Um, I, I don't know if I would do it as a dad, but but definitely there's an interesting thing. Now, to pivot a little bit, because you yeah, clearly do don't it. want to talk about Thomas Tatar. <laughs> Sorry, Seattle fans. You can you can blame Adam. I, I, I don't I don't think there's not much to talk about, to be honest with you. He's been, well, he struggled. He he he's had a few 20 goal seasons, you know, and he for somehow had a hard time filling in that role in, in Colorado. And there's a few players on there. You're looking at Jonathan Druin, who has history with McKinnon and has really struggled. Um, like he's, he's played what he could, but he's not as effective as he should be. Ryan Johansson, he's been all right. He hasn't been beyond overwhelming, especially what they brought him in for to be a second line center. But Jonathan Druin was not likely to have a standout season. It was a chance they took at a cheap price. But you look, but you look at someone like Sean Monaghan out of Calgary and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. He had a fresh, uh, fresh uh, start. Oh, yeah. Montreal, and he's really taken the reins and really yeah. made an impact. And I'm sure teams are calling if, if somebody wants a third line center, sometimes, you know, on the wing or, or, or second line, if you really need to, but a third line center for a playoff game team. But, but, Montreal, his, Montreal, his, Montreal, but right? his case was actually medical conditions. He was dealing a lot 100%. and he still does. 100%. And he still does. Right. So long as you get a healthy Monaghan, you're getting a really good second line center. hundred percent. So to move over, a few uh, uh, days ago, there was a game between Colorado Avalanche and uh, the Winnipeg Jets. And it turned out that the anthem was sung in Punjabi, the National Canadian Anthem. Now, there's been mixed reactions to this. We didn't get a chance to talk about this too much no, last week. You're right. Um, but I wanted to get your thoughts first. But people, I have to remind everyone just to be respectful because yeah. there definitely could be a heated debate, especially on uh, X or as we call it, Twitter. Um, and there's definitely an interesting perspective on why it should have or it shouldn't have been presented. But it was. It was done. Yeah. So now I want to get your thoughts, Evan. Like, where do you stand? Do you have any ideas on is is this the trend? Is this a good idea for the NHL? Is it not? What does it look like? And to, to put a caveat to that, remember, we have Punjabi Hockey Night in Canada as well, right? Haramaraya Singh. Pardon me. That's good. That's he, saying. He's, yeah. He does. He does some of the color commentary, play-by-play broadcast. Whether you like him or not is irrelevant. Yeah. Um, you guys can, you know, let us know. But really, it has become a part of that community. But your thoughts on on them singing that and and where we're at? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting, you know, because Canada has always had two languages that uh, were known across the country that in French and English. So when you're in Quebec, right, you're going to hear it in French. Um, But it's then we introduced a third language. So now and, and you anyone out there that actually knows the actual language, but it was from one of our First Nations. Um, which are our first peoples here in Canada specifically. So the national anthem, O Canada, being sung in Cree or whatever it would have been. And again, please please put it in there so that we are knowledgeable on that because I don't know what language that was. 
Um, that that made sense to everybody because they said, well, we have French and we have English and we have our First Nations. But what I think people aren't recognizing as the country changes, as the number of people, just like you said, in Punjabi, we have hockey right here in Canada, Hockey Night in Canada uh, already. So singing in another language is no different than them adding Spanish. And then at some point, you know, you could be dealing if you have a lot of people and there's more people who are Punjabi that are even coming through the hockey ranks right now. Yeah. Uh, as they, but it's because they've had kids here for quite a while who have been growing up in Canada playing the game. And I'll tell you, some of those groups are some of the best hockey teams in the rec leagues. So, uh, don't, don't take it easy just because they may not look like you. That's all I'm going to say. Can, uh, now, now, uh, do you want to go on that? Or can I say, talk about the slaughtering of the national anthem also? Yes. Go ahead on that. Okay. Um, this is my disappointment now is because it seems, and again, if you're American, I'm not picking on you, but I'm picking on the teams who don't seem to give a crap about <laughs> the singing of the National Anthem of Canada, who is the creator of, of hockey, where they just let them butcher and slaughter the Canadian National Anthem. They did it in football. They've done it in many different places. I mean, years ago, the Las Vegas Posse, when they joined the uh, CFL, they, they sang, Oh, Canada but they sang it to the tune of Oh Christmas tree. It was the most embarrassing moment and they should have been embarrassed, but we were embarrassed as Canadians. We should have been frustrated. It's like, we're always forgiving, but I think it's time to quit forgiving. And I think it's time to maybe end the national anthems in the regular season and get the pros and let's do it during the meaningful times of the playoffs. That's my thought. That's fair. That's fair. You guys can let us know your comments. I, I personally think you have to have a professional singing Unless it's like a group or something, a, a, a choir or something that that's coming in as a specialty, you know, here at Edmonton, we have Robert Clark, who's done a phenomenal job. Uh, he's gotten the crowd into it. Um, I think you, you have to be mindful of what you're doing because you are on the national stage. And so you want to be able, I mean, even international, you know, North American stage, you want to be able to, to, to represent the country, especially if you have uh, people who have served veterans in attendance, um, you know, being honored uh, for whatever reason, um, you know, there's a specialty night uh, that they're hosting. And so that's just something to be mindful of. Now, there's a lot going on. I know I'm, I keep jumping left, right and center, but I want to okay. get a little bit more. So uh, we talk about some elite players. You've talked about Ratnan, you've talked about McKinnon, you know, these Stanley Cup champions. We have a Stanley Cup champion from 2018 who has had a hard time putting the puck in the net. Now he's chasing a record, Evan, and he's struggled to uh, score a goal in the last 13, 14 games. Um, even though his team is doing pretty well, surprisingly, for where they're at and being a little bit older, what do you make of Alex Ovechkin's slump? Is he going to turn around? Um, does the record still get beaten? Or is he going to slow down? It's going to take him a little bit longer and it feels like more an insurmountable task. Your thoughts? Yeah. Um, yeah, I know we said we were going to come back and talk more about Ovechkin. So good call. Uh, yeah, th this is a tough one because he is a player that has played at almost every game throughout his entire career. He's been one of the most durable, but he's one of the biggest superstars to play the game. I mean, this guy is huge. He checks, he hits, he, um, but when you have large muscles like he has, it's like yogurt, right? When you're like tree trunks, your legs, you have that strength. And you're a big guy. 
you start lumbering through the ice as you age and it gets harder and harder. Um, as well as I think like some of the great teams, when they start getting great power plays, when they start doing really well, other teams learn coaching strategies against it. It's interesting now because I was just watching probably the last three games of the uh, Capitals. And one thing that I've noticed is he still gets his spot in that open spot on the left hash mark uh, for that open spot with, with his right hander. And it's, here's the thing. He's open, but they leave him open knowing that they're about ready to jump in on that. And so I think that it's a strategy. But I also think that he is not as quick on his moments. I think it's got one hundredth of a second delay. Um, uh, I, I don't think he's going to be able to do it unless he's going to play about another eight years. Uh, I think he's going to have to go into you know his forties to be able to break that record. Well, that's um, his contract, right? Yeah. Well, what's his contract to thirty nine or more years? The thirty eight, thirty nine. I think it is. 39. Yeah, thirty. That, and that's what I mean. He's going to have to be forty, forty one. I think if he keeps going then he has that possibility. But he's going to have to go into his 40s, I think, to break that record, which I could see him still doing. I just can't see Capitals trying to keep him around if he's not going to break that record sooner than later. That's fair. all right. And, and I think you make a good point. So welcome, everyone, who's tuning in now. We appreciate you joining. Remember to like, share, subscribe. Uh, it always goes a long way. Um, so we got a few other things on the go. Um, so we kind of covered that topic. I want to get your thoughts on, and I know I'm jumping around the place, um, Nolan Patrick potentially retiring. Mm. There's been rumblings. Now, I know um, Elliot Freeman reported today um, that there's he's, he's reached out to them and they his camp has kind of quietly said they're mulling things over. But he's 25 years of age. He was the second-round pick, the, the draft after Nico Heischer. He's played um, 197 games, had 30 goals and 40 assists. So he's, he's made an impact. But because he's been diagnosed with a migraine order, um, he's had a hard time getting back into the lineup. Now, he was traded in that Ellis trade uh, to yeah. Vegas. Um, your thoughts on if he is or isn't going to retire and what, what does that mean for the game in terms of uh, head contact and how that impacts future young players especially with, with hitting in the game, even though it has reduced your thoughts. Yeah. I don't think anything is going to change on the hitting and the future of the game in that manner. Um, what I do, um, I mean, this, this has been a weird situation. He's been, you know, he's had many ailments that he's kind of dealt with in his career. And, and this has been weird because the official news came out that he was retiring. And then that was contrasted when global news sends out, and says that they've contacted someone close to him in the family and saying that it's not true. He's not retiring. Um, so there's a conflicting going on. There's more people reporting he has, saying he hasn't. But let's face it, he hasn't played in two years. So not playing in two years, 25 years old. Um, I, his NHL career, he may not be done for a hockey career, but I think he's done for an NHL career. It's going to be pretty tough. I love the guy. I, I, I wish him all the best to be able to make it back. But he's going to face insurmountable odds, I think. Hundred percent, and we wish him all the best. We hope that you know there aren't any long-term effects because we all know that concussions have impacted a lot of players over the years, um, and they can make it very, very difficult and challenging, especially yeah. later in life. So we wish him all the best, and we hope to see him somehow involved in the game in some way, or if he's still able to play at some uh, different level, lower level, maybe maybe the European league or something, right? Yeah, uh, exactly. Make some money, right? Let's go make yeah, some exactly, money to see yeah. what it is. Excellent. Excellent. You guys can let us know your thoughts. Now, 
again, jumping all over the place. And I'm sure Jamie would, uh, would probably chime in. Uh, he's got some good thoughts on it. Jamie Basco, uh, beat writer for the Philadelphia Flyers. I wanted to know, Evan, your thoughts on the Ottawa Senators. This year was a big one. There was a lot of expectations. There was Talked a lot it, to yeah. do. And now they find themselves, as somebody pointed out, like the Titanic at the bottom of the Atlantic. <laughs> so it's not a good look. They've changed coaches. They thought they'd get the coach bump. It happened for a period, and then they lost last night to the Ottawa Senators. Um, every game that I've watched Ottawa play, um, Brady Kachuk, when they're down, goes fighting someone. He tries to get, get people riled up. And he's a great leader, great captain. He's a lot into it. But Evan, what is this team doing, and how can they improve things? And what does Jack Mark Martin have to do? Because he's in his late 70s or early 70s. Yeah. This is, this is an interim tag. Is he going to stick oh, around? Oh, yeah. What's going to happen yeah. there? What does Steve Steos do now coming in as, as the potential like yeah. GM? He's not officially yet. Like what, what do you do if you're the Ottawa senators? And especially since there's a new ownership now and Lowers in charge, yeah. we talked about that at an earlier episode. You guys can go check it out. Your thoughts yeah. on Ottawa and what, yeah. what, what they can yeah. do. No, I actually got notes on that. So good. Pavel, we're thinking on the same, the same wavelength here tonight. Um, well, you, you, you had asked a while back here about a coach that's on the line. I already had called that DJ Smith. I, I, and it wasn't rocket science for me to call that. So I'm not like bragging about that. Um, it was easy to be able to see. So one of the things that uh, uh, it's interesting because there's a few key people out there, including people like Frank Cervelli that have said, you know, why did they take so long to do the bump? Right to get the new guy in there along that line. But here's the thing. They have one more chance at one more draft. If you're not moving him out in the off season, you might as well hang on. And if you're not going anywhere early, keep him as long as you can, because if you get a bump, you're going to be higher up in the standings. He's low enough in the standings that if the team doesn't go anywhere, doesn't make it, they have a chance at a top 10 draft pick or even better potentially, depending where things go. So I think that this was a strategic move. I think they purposely held on absolutely as long as they could. This is an intern for Jacques. Jacques is going to come in. He is only coming in to build structure. Just some basic back-to-basic structure, I think, for the young guys. Get everybody on board. They get a good draft pick. They get their new coach, so they have their understanding of their new system for next year. They get one more pick, and I think that next year they're hoping that they can make a push at least for a playoff spot in the wild card. That's so what I questions. think. That's right. So two questions. Do you think the Ottawa Senator fans will accept that? Because this is the year, right? Like that was what was – Oh, you cut out. Sorry. Do you, you do you should, get, did you just, did you just mute yourself? Did you were you cussing or swearing or what were you do? I sure was. No, did you believe that the Ottawa Senator fans would accept this this Ooh. year, given everything, given you know what they've invested in the the top guys, yeah. Josh Norris, Shane Pinto potentially coming back now because it's coming up on the forty yeah. game. Um, Soon, you yeah. know, Jim Stutzla maybe playing wing instead of center. Um, you know, Brady Kachuk up there, you know, Tarasenko, who for, for the life of me, I don't know why they paid him 5 million. I mean, I, I get what he can do, but, but was that where your money should have gone to Corpus as a goalie investing in that, uh, because there's definitely, there's definitely some questionable, um, things that have been made. And this was the previous regime. Now, do you, as Ad Lauer and Steve Steyer say, maybe we don't, we don't take this guy on. Maybe we trade him. Maybe we get rid of one of these guys. You got to figure it out. Your thoughts. 
Mm. Well, if, if I'm a fan of the team, I definitely am, am very disappointed. I'm upset, but knowing where they are right now, I'm positive. If you're a fan of Ottawa, you let us know too. But if you're a fan of Ottawa, you're like, you know what? We're not getting in the playoffs now. Our team is not ready. They're not prepared. We might as well get a good pick. One more because the top 10 will be incredible. After the top 10, maybe not so. So you're, you're hoping that you have that chance. Um, but you're still going to be very upset. You've spent your money. Season ticket holders have thought there's a winning chance um, with moves and stuff like that. But you know that you still got a good future. You still got a good core. You're still it's a rebuild still. And then as far as those players, Pavel, um, everybody was all over Tarasenko early. Everybody was happy. They, players go up and players go down. Tarasenko is playing exactly as he always does. He goes on streaks. Either way, he is very consistent. He is. Can inconsistent consistently. That well, has been kind of and Corpusello, he played well last year in LA when he went over there. Um, they have a much better defense, though, than what I like. I know you guys like your Ottawa defense, but they're still a group that's training and building. So hey, Key. Key is probably very happy that uh, what's it called? That the Flyers are doing so well. And she does miss Giroux, as Jesse was pointing out. Giroux could be the guy on the block. He's got one more year left. He's been a good addition to them for, for, for leadership, uh, being a vet, uh, hometown guy, uh, really making an impact. And I, he's one of my favorite players, especially as a flyer when yeah. I watched him. But, yeah, there's definitely some um, – what's it called? There's definitely some some food for thought for what King can be. But uh, so guess he's indicating here, I feel that there's a lot of weight on his shoulders, and it could be another Huberdeau situation. Your thoughts to Jesse's comment? Um, so which I, I can't read quite the comment. So he said, I feel comment? like there's a lot of weight on Giroux's shoulders and that it could oh, be okay. another Huberdeau situation like in Calgary. Mm. He's, yeah. He's yeah. That it's not the same money. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, you you got to wonder if, uh, the whole thing, there's going to be a trade at the deadline for Giroux. Um, I don't see him going back to Philadelphia though. I do see him wanting to go to a contender if he goes anywhere. Um, and he has a chance to move somewhere unlike Huberdo. Uh, Huberdo has got to, he, he's got to work himself out. That's a whole other conversation that we need to go into. Um, you, let me just say, by the way, I'm not very happy about a couple of the rumors uh, around the sense. Uh, okay. the, the, the Daniel Alfredson could be the new head coach. Like, come on. He, he's like, behind the bench right now. And there's yeah, definitely um, a the new head relationship head... after, after a tumultuous time with, with the previous, yeah. you know, ownership with Eugene, yeah. the late Eugene Melnick. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy to see him back. Um, I hope he makes an impact the way Paul Coffey has in Edmonton. Uh, yeah. Again, very limited experience coaching. So I wonder, is that going to be good enough? Yeah. But again, uh, they no, find themselves very, very behind. No. Um, and Jesse indicates coaching change. That's the flavor of the year with a lot of teams. Well, they no. saw what happened with Edmonton in their eight-game win streak. And so you wonder to yourself, you know, can we get that? And Minnesota now is seeing it with John Hines after oh. Dean Everson was let go. Okay. Go okay. So, you know, and I do want to come back to Huberto. Jesse's here right now. Jesse's a Flames fan. So I'd like to go back to Huberto. But before we do that, um, yeah, let's mention that. So Chris Knobloch came in. Great run. They've lost three games in a row and they look like crap, man. Like the, all those eight wins mean absolutely nothing now. So like all these bumps, the bumps are a bump. They're like a road bump. You either get acceleration in the air or it drops your back end on the other side. It's 
Like it's ridiculous. All these coaching changes when there's a problem, it's affecting the dressing room. But when the coach is good, the coach is good. Quit changing the coaches. The GMs are getting away with crap and I don't care what the results say. You need to quit doing that to coaches. I mean, it's ridiculous. So that's fair. Well, Kyle, Kyle, great to have you tune in. We're going to get you on the show here in the new year. Uh, to talk all things Bruins. Of course, he's happy with the Go Bruins, except when they have a late lead, apparently. <laughs> but they're in a good cushion. They're, they're good. Um, you know, they're going to be fighting for that Atlantic top spot there for yeah. North Toronto. Um, and Jesse indicated um, Columbus, Minnesota, and Blues all have coaching changes. I'll be at Columbus. Uh, Jesse was mm-hmm. in the offseason, given the, the antics with uh, with um, yeah. Mike Babcock. So really, it, it wasn't really midseason that's happened. Um, and you definitely are looking at teams. Maybe Columbus does make a change, but I mean, they just put in Pascal Vincent. So what does that look like? And are there any other teams that may be looking and saying, Hey, we need a coaching change right now because there's quite a few out there. Um, wow. and maybe, yeah, I know. maybe we need a, a change of, uh, of a voice in the room. Well, ex- expect, it, well, expect Columbus to have a GM change really soon. Oh, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, and I absolutely. think I think there's been a bit more rumblings and expect Corpus Sala or um, Merz Lakin, sorry guys, uh, yeah. Elvis Merz Lakin's potentially out of uh, Columbus. Yeah. Uh, it looks like that that relationship has soured uh, and there's rumblings that there may be a trade, maybe not in in season or trade deadline, but definitely 85. by next year. By next 85. Year. I I give it an 85% chance he's gone by the trade deadline. That's yeah. what I think is going to happen. That, that's how that's how that's how yeah. tricky things are. Yeah. Granted, I I am going to give a shout out to Columbus fans. Uh, your young rookies have been performing very well. Fantilli yeah. has been phenomenal. Kent Johnson has been amazing. So good on for the young guys to come in and yeah. play. Um, I know we so, talked to, at nauseum last week about uh, Gabranson. Um, him and Provorov need to be a bit better. Um, but I think that Gabranson, yeah, are, are you talking about Goudreau? Goudreau. No, I'm talking about Gubranson. Now we can get into the Goudreau oh, okay. rumors. So okay. go ahead. No, 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 that's okay. Okay, so Jesse wants to ask, what did you want to talk about with Calgary? So that, get your thoughts out. On thank you, Jesse. I did tell Pavel that I wanted to go in that direction. Okay, we were getting, we were getting yeah, there. yeah. I'm, I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. I, we, hey, we got to appease uh, all, all the all the folks in the comment section, man. You know that we they, really they you guys make our show. Okay, so Huberto, so one of the things that I, I've been hearing, um, so I know some people around the organization, and some of the things that they're making comments on around Huberto is that there has been this lack of confidence, but there's just something that's not jiving in his comfort level right now with the team. No, nothing specific has been given, but it, it makes sense. You know how, a, like, how does a player, who has always been an incredible player, all of a sudden changed. And even with the coaching bump, it changed again. That coaching bump should have changed things if that was the issue. There seems to be something more. And can I go back to this again? I know that there's a huge group of people, and this is hearsay. This is only rumor stuff throwing out there. And I want you guys to know that I am not saying this is it. I'm only going by what you hear, and this is speculation. Uh, I hear two groups. One group says, Kadri is incredible in the dressing room and a great leader. And I hear other groups saying that he's a bit of a problem. Um, and I wonder about that connection. So later on, we heard things. Now, I'm not a totally different player, but someone like Yakupov, 
He never was accepted on the team. He didn't go out to the bars because of his Muslim belief. He didn't hang out with everybody previously to that. Um, I, I, I'd like to know if I could, if I could be a fly on the wall, I'd like to know how is that gelling with Huberto and all the teammates? Is there a close connection? Is there something that's separating them? Um, because something's missing there. And I blame it on the leadership of the team, not the coaches. No, you make a good point. And, and Jesse adds to, to your comment that his line mates in Florida could be, could move the puck and create room Barkov, of course, you know, and, okay. and, and they struggle with that right now in Calgary. And, you know, mm. could, could Huber go turn around and be impactful with the flames? Like there's a lot of, a lot of questions. And what does Craig Conroy do? Um, they've gotten a little bit faster, a little bit younger. Um, you know, you just made a coaching change, Ryan Huska. Um, you know, you have some young talent coming in. Um, I know Lindholm's been on the trade block because he hasn't signed yet. Uh, Colorado has in, inferred, I'm sure a few other teams, Boston, who's looking yeah. for centers. Um, there's definitely there's definitely a, a lot of questions in Calgary because the season hasn't exactly gone. Yeah. Uh, they're playing better as of late, but I think just the start really, really impacted them. Go ahead. Well, hey, you know what I wonder? I, I actually wonder, and there, there's been nothing on this, but we know there's issues with Patrick Liney. Yes. He makes he's injured now. Yeah, he's, he's injured. injured. I, I know that throws everything in. But you know he's going to come back at some point. And I wonder in the offseason, if there's a potential trade opportunity for one kind of crazy contract with another, and could that be a potential where you see Alini and Huberdo? Maybe there, there's got to be another player or two in that mix. Because could Huberdo be that player as another left winger to go as the second line left winger behind Goudreau um, in Columbus, uh, they would be a team that could take on the cash flow. That would be an interesting piece, but it's going to take someone outside of Yarmo to uh, bring Huberdo in because Yarmo is going to go after other players that are non North American. That just seems to be his preference. Yeah, so. and Jesse adds to your comment that they are all happy with Hubie and are really being patient with him. And and you have to. Be they are. They are. His big, big contract. Uh, you know, there's a lot that you can turn it around uh, and make an yeah. impact. Now, before we get to our next topic. I just want to add the point that every Wednesday night, guys, we are here at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Now, unfortunately, next week we are off <laughs> for the holiday season. Whatever you're celebrating, we uh, <coughs> we share in that celebration. Your Hanukkah, your Kwanzaa, uh, Christmas, whatever it may be. Uh, if you just want to veg and watch Netflix, we support that as well. Enjoy it. The next few weeks are going to be a blur. But remember that we'll be back in the new year, and we're hoping to have more guests more hot topics, more rants, more around the rink, and more stuff <laughs> really keeps your stick on the ice. Go ahead, Evan. I have a suggestion for those that will not be with us for the next couple of weeks is that you need to follow the World Junior Tournament. Go and watch on TSN, the World Juniors. Team Canada is going for a three-peat this year if you're a Canadian. If you're not a Canadian, Team USA, if you're an American, I know we have a lot of American viewers, so if you're American, your team is loaded. It has a good chance. Your forward lines, you got solid D. You got probably better quality goalies than Canada has. But Canada has some pretty incredible young talent. Um, right now, the line of Celebrini <laughs> is going to be crazy. So he's with uh, Minton and Dumas on a line, and they have early chemistry already. No one thought Celebrini would show what he's showing. 
the guy being a young kid that's just turning seven, 17 and will be your number one overall pick this offseason uh, in the draft in 2024. By the way, can I make an announcement, an early announcement? Sure. Sure. I liked, I liked, I, I, I'm, we're got to work out the details. So <laughs> I will be at the 2024 NHL entry draft live in Las Vegas to bring you guys some of that draft live right here on two guys and hockey talk. So I've made the decision. Hopefully you're not be lost. There. Well, I will be with the lost truckers ill. Uh, connecting up, we're 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 uh, got uh, we're working on our plane trips and everything like that. So I am making some contacts to see who I can uh, connect up with, and hopefully I might be able to bring a live broadcast of. Uh, my thing will be just so you guys know, if we go live, it will only be the top fifteen, like Revs top fifteen. Speaking of that, I'm going to okay. let you guys know. No, hang on. Speaking of that. I'm not actually going to bring you Revs Top 15 because I have four people to complete tonight, and I felt I can't give justice if I'm putting them all together. And because we have the two-week break, I'm going to give you two and two on the next two weeks when we return. But anyway, sure. that's that. That's a new release tonight. Even Pavel did not know. Um, no, we did not know. I, and I'm telling you, I'm going to bring you some good stuff coming right here live. Well, so they off, can't shut they can't shut me down this year because it won't be sure with Sportsnet. Fair enough. So first off, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate being invited, but clearly it's going to be one guy uh, talking NHL hockey, but that's fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> we've got a few, quite a few comments uh, to get through because you've, okay, been, hang on, yeah, all, you've been ranting and I didn't even I, play a ranting video. So let me get to it. So Lottie McFly is noting that John Grudden could be the next Ottawa, Ottawa Senators yeah. head coach. So watch it happen. So we're going to keep an eye on that Wadi McFly. If that's your real name, it's a pretty badass name. Um, yeah, Jesse was talking about insane for your comment for going to Vegas. Uh, Allison noted that the World Juniors is a Christmas tradition in her family, yes. so that's pretty cool. And John Suggs um, talked about that both Canucks could be a scary team and one of the hottest teams right now in the NHL is the goals for and goals against for the Kings, who could be a dark horse. Now, Eric Engels talked about them, and I agree. They have been phenomenal. They have really made an impact, and they could potentially finish top in wow. uh, in the Pacific Division, that's how well uh, rounded they are. You know, you've got Pierre Luc Dubois and you've got Kopitar down the middle. And Dubois, again, like Pavelski, has not slowed down. He has been very impactful. And of course, they went out and got a big center from Winnipeg because they wanted to compete against the big boys in Edmonton, who may or may not make the playoffs. We'll get into it in a sec. <laughs> but Evan, your thoughts on the Kings and even Cam Talbot playing as well as he has? Yeah. Okay. Because you cut me off and you say I'm ranting too okay. much. Um, I, it's funny. I felt like you just disclosed that you're not going to be a part of that draft party. You do realize we do our show from two separate locations. And with <laughs> the internet, I may be live, but you can still be there live with us on that draft. But it looks like you don't want to be there now. So no, I don't know how fair. to take that. No, that's fair. Uh, that's fair. I mean, I'll I'm be joking. traveling as well, but I get it. I get yeah. it. That's fine. I, I joke. Um, yeah, the Los Angeles Kings, huh? Who yeah. would have thunk? Well, actually, if you look at the last two playoff seasons against the Edmonton Oilers, when they've been, like, I mean, they 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 took the Oilers to a test when no one thought that they would be able to. They have such a solid structure. Who would have thought that McClellan would actually be good at that coaching? Yeah, huh? Huh, Edmonton? Huh? No, way anyway. to go. Yeah, now, it, you we got a few more questions though. coming through, so I want to I want to get to them. But okay. what are your thoughts on John Grundon, who's played for Boston, 
played for Ottawa Senators, who yeah. we've talked about, and Washington Capitals. So all the teams we've been talking yeah. about tonight. Uh, but he's been back and forth between the IHL, the AHL. Um, yeah. Your he's current coach. Yeah. becoming a, a coach for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, well, uh, he's and the uh, Daniel he's... saying, yo, Barry Sports Highlights. Yo, Daniel. Welcome to the show. Uh, we appreciate it. Hey, Daniel. Hey, welcome, man. Well, first of all, he is the Toronto Marlies head coach. So uh, he does have experience in the background. Yes, uh, I have saw that as well. I don't know if I'm going to take a lot of solace in that. Um, do they want to go with a young guy to go with this young team? Or do they want to? I, I, I'm having a hard time seeing these other teams wanting to hire someone other than Jay Woodcroft still. Jay Woodcroft is sitting there. Um, okay. No one's talking about it. There could be a reason, maybe, I mean, he's making some good money just sitting. So he's not looking for, and technically because he's under contract still with the Edmonton Oilers, because he's being paid yeah. right uh, by them. He cannot go out uh, and just go look for himself. So they have to come and ask for permission and they would have to pay for some of that contract likely, or give him a good amount. So that might be the difference that's holding him back. But I know all these other players are being looked at. Uh, I just, I struggle with John coming in and being the head coach. I don't see, I, I don't see it being a good move. That That's just my, my thoughts. All right. And we got a few more questions here coming through. Yeah, man, you guys are rolling tonight. You guys are. So Waddy McFly is back and he's saying, of course, Talbot does well. All Ottawa goalies do way better after they leave. I mean, you look at Philip Gustafson mm, last true. year in, in Minnesota, he's done very well. Um, John is suggesting that Daniel Alfredson could be the next coach. That'd be an interesting, interesting. Uh, yeah. And that's what we talked about. That's what we and talked he about also earlier, asked Evan. So he, we want to know your thoughts. Um, he's asking John, do you think the hurricanes took a step back this year or still is too, still too early and that they can still make a strong run in January, your thoughts and their goaltending tandem and questions surrounding Anderson and everything there. Yeah, well, first up, uh, good news, guys. Uh, Anderson is back on the ice starting to uh, rehab. Uh, it's going to be still a journey before he has a – and even then, who knows if he can fully return. They have relied on their goaltending, so we have talked about it, John, in the past here. Um, I've always – I know that Pavel is a real good believer in them being underrated on their defense, and they have looked like an incredible defense. I've always, I've always been concerned about it, and I feel like those concerns are showing themselves this year. Their, their defense is not able, and they played a well, good, structured game, but they're never able to get over the edge. So I do think they've taken steps back. Uh, their goaltending, they're, it's a mess. Their deal, if it wasn't for their goaltending, they, they'd at least be in a much better spot. I'd, I'd give them another three, four wins minimum. Toronto was um, waived, yep. Yeah. Over the weekend. And he yeah. wasn't picked up, um, even though he's 1.5 million. Um, he's struggled this year, even though he's a six, five and one. Um, and then Jesse asks, and I want to get your thoughts. Do you think that Zadora, Nikita Zadorov, who just got traded to Vancouver from Calgary, uh, contract negotiations with four for four is worth it for them? Your thoughts on uh, Patrick Alvin and potentially signing Zadorov long-term and does yeah. he fit their uh, plan for, for being a top four guy or top six guy, given what they have over there in Vancouver? Yeah, I, I think they look at him uh, as a as a four right now, saying that, hey, we can play him in the four role if we need to. But worst case scenario, even at four million, man, if you got that guy back on your third line and you can afford it, that, that's, that's, a I, for, that's a little rich for my blood for a fourth, third, third. But, but, but I think what's happening is when guys are strong defensively and they can cover like his yeah. space, the, like he, he is, takes he up is the a ice. Guy. He does cover a lot. He's like, very, he, he skates well for, for a guy, his size, you know, oh, you, my you, goodness. you look at guys that are bigger, Absolutely. You look at Tyler Myers, who's struggled in the past and still from time to time, doesn't have the yeah. best game. 
The cap's going up also. Let's remember yeah, that. Unless I know, you're Zidane that... Chara, who's a, a rare specimen, yeah. um, it's it's hard for big guys to skate fast, right? But that physical body, that's a, that's a talkative player. That's how you I know, see it. You know, no one wants to get rid of these big, tall guys if they can mm-hmm. at least play average. Even DeHarnay has beat out guys like Broberg and Edmonton because of that height, because of that stretch. Um, and so that's why I think that defensive defensemen are not given the credit they need and paid right. That's why there needs to be another trophy for defensive defensemen and for offensive defensemen. So you should have the Norris trophy for defensemen who's defensive and then have an or trophy for the best offensive defenseman, because you got to start paying these guys who are just strong on the back end and shut it down. So does Dorov has leaves little gap to get by him. And he showed it against guys like McDavid when he played in Calgary. Yeah. Now Jesse's adding, um, but his agent was mad that he wasn't playing more than 18 minutes a game with Calgary and he corrected himself. Yeah. The the third pairing, uh, you know, line. Um, Yeah. You got to remember that, that Alvin made a lot of changes to um, what's it called? Uh, A lot of changes to the back end in in Ottawa, bringing in Ian Cole, Carson Susie from Seattle, Ian Cole from, from, uh, or Hronik from uh, what's it called? Uh, From Detroit. Um, So they really bolstered that top, yeah, not for pairing, and Myers has played a little bit better. Um, yeah, but, um, but and, you pay him for it. John is saying Zadorov's health issue. I, you guys are very passionate about Zadorov. <laughs> but but hey, I I think that that Zadorov's not going to care if he can make four million still. If they'll pay him that, yeah. and he'll be on that third line, like the guy's going to be happy with that, in my opinion. Right. Well, Jordan's suggesting that we should all get beards, which I already have, so I'm ahead, but also that we should have the Chris Russell Award, uh, the guy with the most block shots, so I appreciate that. Now, Waddy McFly is asking a unique question, so I want to jump over a little bit to the Oilers sure. in a sec, but what rule, Evan, would you cha- would you like to see revives in the NHL, um, potentially for next year, I guess, or maybe if they still can implement it this year? Um, what rule? Instigator. Okay. Get rid of the instigator role. Oh, we're playing some music. Dan. Yeah. I, Is yeah, that the instigated I, music? You instigated? <laughs> I, I went to hit a headline that I just saw came up. I was going to maybe comment on and it hit a movie. Uh, so, that's fair. So, I mean, yeah, no, I would get rid of the instigator rule um, because I think what's happening is players aren't able to police themselves and they need to start because the refs aren't doing it. Yeah. I think. What would you, would- what would you do? I would reassess the um, delay of game over the ice. Um, uh, what's it called? The, like, oh, the over the glass. glass. Over the glass, because it's so hard to tell sometimes. And really, like the players just trying to get rid of it. Now you think, oh well, all players are just going to try to like lunge it yeah. up. It yeah. doesn't happen that often right now. But, say, but it will happen if they can do it. Yeah, that's that was. What I don't, was I don't, like, so it's, okay, it's, so let's say you do get rid of the rule. Players could use that just to waste time. So what could you do if they players waste time in the three on three right now? So it doesn't. Yeah, that's true. I well, and the three on three—that's another one that could be changed, right? Where you can't go back. I would would change the three on three. Yeah, yeah. I would. You know what I would say? Good question. This this is controversial. Yeah, good. So Evan, I would. I would change that goalie is full contact outside of the crease. And, yeah, that like anyone, that. and then you can talk about the instigator, but as, as soon as yeah. you're outside the crease, yeah. boom, you're, you're another player, right? Yeah. I'm um, fair. Jordan, Jordan I'm a- talks about, uh, I would make a delay of game for holding onto the puck in overtime. I agree. I don't like that at all. I think it's stupid because it's like, well, we're keeping it from the best players from the Austin Matthews, yeah. McDavid's right. And John talks about mm, that. You would take yeah. the two minute penalty away to go to one minute. 
I would make that the penalty ends if there's a shorthanded goal scored. I, I don't even like the three on three anymore. I got to be honest with you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's becoming gimmicky in that. And like now that we have three on three, I look at the all-star game and it's a three on three and you know what you want to watch three on three, go over to the three on three league. It's great <laughs> hockey, but it's a yeah. league and it's made up in the rules around it. Um, and can, can we talk about stats? You're sure. scoring all these numbers in overtime and three on threes. Should they really count? Because those other players that scored in overtime had to have five on five. Uh, yeah. Jordan's asking, Evan, would you rather have 20 minutes OT and a tie? Yes. Yes. And Desmond. No, no, not, uh, not 20. Well, 10. 10. 10 minute max okay. overtime. Then the I think tie. they had that in the AHL where it's 10 minutes and they've seen a huge reduction in shootouts. And uh, Desmond, Desmond used to be on the show. Welcome, Desmond. Appreciate yeah. it. The big Toronto guy. Congrats <laughs> on uh, what's it called? John Tavares getting a thousand points. Desmond, well, hey. let us know, and you guys can let us know. Does John Tavares belong in the Hall of Fame? And is he a first Hall of Fame ballot guy? Um, but wow. uh, Jesse's saying 10 minute OT, and Jordan's saying, haha, no way, man, do 10 minutes three on three, maybe. Um, a lot Ooh. of passionate fans about what the rules they would change. Batman, if you're listening, start changing the rules so it's better. I got, I think that we need someone to go back, take the transcript from this show, take all the notes on the, the rule changes. Let's send them in. Let's send a petition out to all of our followers, and then we'll send it to some of the best agents and let them send it in our behalf. Maybe we'll actually get uh, some changes. And Jesse's talking about that McDavid will reach 1,000 points in almost half the time Tavares did. Oh, and it just goes yeah. to show you how insane it is. So I want to quickly That's get crazy. into the Oilers, as okay. people people may may or may not want to know. They lost three in a row. They're not doing so well. Uh, their goaltending is questionable. There's a freeze now um, till I On believe the, it's today. 28. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, technically, last night, midnight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, your time, where hang you on, would, where hang you on. Would. How was it yesterday? If it was midnight last night, midnight last night was today. Because it 20. depends. It depends. It depends on where you live, right? If you're okay, in BC, it, it's eleven. Okay, so it, that's on, It happened okay. at midnight Eastern time. No, it happened at eleven wherever you were in in the world, like your uh, what's it you, called time zone. But. You know that for sure because you can't. Yeah, we talked about it on the okay, 32 that doesn't even, that doesn't even that doesn't even make sense though. If that's it, because you, how do I trade with someone who's shut down and yet I'm not shut down? I have another. That's app. why the Pacific had a had a, a what's it called a bonus. <laughs> uh, that okay. You talk about rule changes like what the heck? You make one Oil time. So Jordan Jordan's saying find the parade because if Oilers win a game, um, I think that's similar in Toronto. And Desmond said absolutely. Plays 200 foot hockey predominantly on terrible teams. Uh, are you implying uh, to John Tavares, uh, Desmond? Um, <laughs> okay, hey, like John Tavares. Um, think of Pierre Turgeon. Okay. Think of Pierre Turgeon. I think if anyone, if you guys go back a bit to the '80s, uh, look at someone like Pierre Turgeon who played in the '80s and early '90s, and uh, make a comparison to how long it can take to get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, he is his younger career, his uh, Canadian. Uh, national career um uh, incredible player love him uh, but i'm yeah i don't see him getting it it's you know what it depends on who's eligible that year that's yeah, what it always seems that it's like some years are easier and some years are harder but alexander flippin mcgillney is still not even got in yeah, that that grinds my gears that's a rant yeah. now uh 
Desmond is agreeing that it was about the uh, John Tavares, and he talks about just like Matthews. Well, Matthews is on pace for 72 goals this year, so he's uh, he seems yeah. pretty good. And Waddy uh, McFly is back saying that NHL draft lottery has rigged. Changed my mind. I don't think I have enough time. We're getting to the end of our show. Rigged, but rigged. But um, hang on. So, so he thinks it's rigged. You do realize that it's been changed three, four times. So do you think they re-rig it so they can re-rig probably. it because it's rigged? It's like, oh, but you know what? They need to stop doing what they're doing. And the reason he feels like that and many other people is why do you do it behind closed doors? I don't care who you got back there. Pull the lottery balls out, pull them in front, have a big crowd, make a big deal, charge tickets and let people see it come out and let's do it for real. That's ridiculous. That's I, That's I do. I, I, I have no problem with the system. I have a problem with the process. That's fair. Well, we got John asking one more question, but I do want to, before I get to John's question, um, cause you guys are just popping them through. So we appreciate it. Remember to click that like Woo! button. And what I want to talk about is the Oilers. It sounds like there may be some rumblings of Jack Campbell completely being done as the goalie for the Edmonton Oilers and not even returning back up potentially to even have one more stint, even though that was the original plan because he got pulled recently. Yeah, but just keep an eye out on that for the Oilers because it looks like they may need to make a change and look out for Philip Broberg for potentially being a sweetener on top of the uh, first-round pick for next year for Edmonton that could be uh, draft-protected. But John asks, Evan, and you can let me know, question, what is players overseas doing better to become better goalies or playmakers than in the States? Oh, yeah. So we're talking about goalies, right? Yeah. So interesting. Players too. Players in general. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Say, so what's how's the question read again? How's what is question? players overseas doing better to become better goalies or playmakers in the states? Okay. Yeah. So, what, so how do they transition their game from overseas in Europe, wherever they're coming from, maybe in Asia, in the Russia, um, and coming over here to, to or doing over there to better their game to adjust to the NHL and to AHL if need be. Okay, so let's let let me just use something simple like uh let's talk about goaltending. You'll notice that some of the best goaltenders for many years have been Russians and right now they still are. Yeah. They're not overcoached. Bobrovsky. They're Sorokin. not Sorokin. They're not overcoached. They're allowed to uh we we in, in North America specifically taught goaltenders that are big and tall to become blockers. Essentially you don't move barely and you just learn to position and block, 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 block. The game is changing. And those that are blockers or will probably, this is my opinion, they'll become non-existent. That's why a guy like Saros who comes over, he has that ability to play that position, but they allow the athleticism. So that would be guys like flurry back in the day when he came in, he knew his positioning, but he was allowed to be very flexible. Now I know he's a lot older. You, some people don't like, but he was a really good goalie, like top end. Um, and one of the last greats, if you think of Patrick, Waugh, he wasn't overcoached. A lot of the players in North America, especially in Canada, get overcoached, overcoached, overcoached. Uh, they're taught, do this, do this. And it's like this structure they have to work within. So in the KHL, for example, they don't do that. They don't put all that investment. They just focus on a lot of the psychological game. And they focus on making sure they have quick reflexes and tracking the puck. Now, that's what mm-hmm. I think is different in these other leagues. They teach them a lot of time 
puck tracking, including your defensemen, watching and tracking the puck and directions for blocking uh, when they come over. That's one thing that they're taught before they come. Over there, there's not a lot of blocking because they have a larger ice surface. Uh, mm-hmm. Down in the States, I will say I have uh, talked to a few coaches, especially in the junior ranks, and it sounds like they do the same where they keep a coaching structure, but they allow them still to play the game more with their own instincts. Um, I think we're getting rid of that for some people. Anyway, that would be my thoughts. No, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think right now what, what you see a lot with players is they have more specialty training from uh, skills coaches. So mm-hmm. it's not just a general coach. It's more of a skills of how to wrist, how to shoot, how to pass. Yeah. You know, and, and players really hone in on a particular uh, set of skills that they want. Yeah. Uh, I'm sounding like Liam Neeson here. <laughs> particular set of skills and i think that's what kind of they focus on (laughs) able to to transition to the nhl and it doesn't always work you know you you look at some players and they struggle and some players who excel you know you look at our temi panarin undrafted comes in and plays unreal and now has 700 plus points in the nhl you know and you get players like that or you get a player like neil yakupov who has struggled now there's definitely there's definitely um a learning curve for some players and maybe it's a language barrier uh, maybe it's a team structure dynamic whatever it may be um, i think a lot of organizations try to work to make sure that people feel yeah. comfortable uh, and can easily transition and adjust to that system um, doesn't always work and then that's why you see some players succeed on one team and not on others you know and, and that's kind of how it goes right like yeah and it's nothing against that team it's just maybe you know and uh, i think john mentioned that comment earlier um or maybe it was uh um Wadi McFly, that that goalies who leave Ottawa are better in other places, right? It's just maybe the structure that they play in, right? And that's how it works. Now, Jordan's talking about Borgo, um, Xavier Borgo uh, for Wallstead there in Minnesota. Jesse's talking about potentially Saros to Edmonton. That would be a pipe dream. Um, And then Desmond indicated that Pierre Turgeon is pretty awesome. He should be in the hall, no question. I agree with you. We, We did a show in season two with some guests about who should and shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. We talked about some big names, including Turgeon and McGillney. Uh, I think Keith Kachuk was one of them. There's definitely some players yeah. that do belong there. But again, it what it comes down to is, you're right, it's who is nominated for that class. And really, it's the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's not the NHL Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, Although absolutely. I do appreciate that, um, and I think more teams should do it, having internal... Um, organizational hall of fames where you can honor players that have played for your organization and made an impact both on and off the ice. So I, I, I think like, that's a great idea. Um, now Jesse talks about next show. We need to talk about Sharon Govich to Foley trade. That's definitely one on the thing. Mm. And John, John mentions, cause we're getting to the end of our time. Is the pink, is this the penguins worst rear man? I know they were eventually going to go through a re- rebuild. John, you are my favorite. I'm going to harp on this for Evan. They blew it in Toronto. And they didn't, Toronto didn't have Matthews or TJ Brody. How do you go about defending this team who has just struggled and has one of the worst power plays given the talent on that team? Not to mention Sidney Crosby just moved into 13th of all time of scoring and potentially could be in top seven, top eight, get up to there where Iserman and Sackett are. Your thoughts on what, what Crosby has been able to do for that team, potentially being a heart nominee and the Penguins and what's happening. Yeah, I mean, he's he is literally. I know he's not the top goal scorer Getzel has been, um, but Crosby is the man there, and he always has been. It's amazing at his age. Um, you know, 
I, I'm just going to say this now. I, I, I really thought they'd pull it around. I have put out some hints and some plugs on a coaching change. That's the team. So oh. if you, I'm not going to put that out right on my X and or anywhere on our Facebook feed. So but Mike if, Sullivan. You, if you watch this, Mike Sullivan, I do not see lasting past the trade deadline uh, or even before. Um, I see, I see him going. There are some internal issues and heat coming. This might be some of the senior leadership not wanting that change and Dubas trying to honor that. Um, but he's got to make a change. You think of all the, co- it's like Jesse talked about earlier, right? It's, it's the coaches. It's the year of the coaches, right? I mean, it's. Well, and what's easier to do, replace one yeah. coach or replace the 26 man roster? So, so hence, that's the most likely place I see Jay Woodcroft going, actually. Awesome. Well, Desmond says, Merry Christmas and have an even better. So, we're going to finish up, guys. Yeah, we are always talking about how we should be called two guys in overtime because we <laughs> I see it. Time. Uh, but I want to get any final thoughts from you guys, from you, Evan, uh, what's happening. Take care, Desmond. We'd love to have you back on the show. Have a great one, man. Please reach out privately, DM me. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Go Leafs. Uh, Go Leafs. Um, Evan, I want to know your thoughts, any final things. And then uh, Jesse's talking about Latang and Malkin signing extension is going to be a tough spot to rebuild. Agreed. Um, You know, Ron Hextall signed those contracts, but I know that they really wanted to stay together. Um, you know, and they're still strong, effective players. They're just a little older. And any final thoughts before yeah. we finish the show up? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's an issue with those players. The issue is you got to get support for them. Um, yeah, I just want to mention about my last thought would just be around the Flyers. Um, not about their actual players that are currently on. We haven't talked a lot about people outside. Um, I want to bring up Mishkov, Mete Mishkov again. I don't think people realize the skill and the talent when they're seeing all these Flyer fans excited, comparing them to Bedard, and et cetera. He was better than Bedard at the U16 tournament when they competed against each other. Now, he did stay. He will be still a couple years away unless something changes. But I have my numbers down here, and I want to show you something. That Oh, by the way, did you guys know they have a 63%? So, Key, if you catch this, 63% chance of making the playoffs right now. Right now, John that's Perella their chance. is my uh, Jack Adams uh, nominee right now. Oh, my goodness. It. Oh, yeah. So, Mishkov's success in the KHL, and this is in plus one season, okay? In the KHL, in a plus one season for the Russian players, he is averaging 0.87 points per game. In a plus one season from draft, in the KHL, Ovechkin was a 0.70, Malkin was a 0.61, Kaprizov was a 0.51, and Kucherov was a 0.28. He is blowing that out of the water. He is a player. He is a loud room. Forget about the attitude. Forget about all. People are jealous because they said he's got an attitude. And, and I know, Daryl, you're out there, and you don't like how he dealt with stuff. By the way, Daryl Wolski, uh, he's a hockey agent. You can check him out uh, through our website. Uh, great, great stuff. It's okay to have different opinions, but Mishkov, even with a bad attitude, his attitude was, I'm going to Philly nowhere else. And he yeah. made sure, he and, did, and, that, and, and actually they knew what was happening. Some of those beat guys like Jamie, but they didn't really disclose it on us. So good for them. Good for them. But get, get ready, man. Two years away, that Flyers team, I'm yeah. excited to see those Flyers mm-hmm. on the rise. And Mishkov is going to be a thrill to watch. You're going to take away the nickname for Kirill throughout the Kirill, the thrill Caprice off. Well, thank you. Uh, You guys have been wonderful. We appreciate all the questions, all the suggestions. 
it's not going to be my final thought. It's going to be John. John, since he's been an avid uh, listener and, and tuning in, he says Coyotes will make it to the playoffs this year. Bank it. Ooh. But, LOL, just use Monopoly money. So, I, I agree. I will put all my <laughs> Monopoly money on this. Um, I can bank it. Arizona's been playing very well. Um, they don't get enough credit. And I think we're going to get a little bit yeah. of clarity come January about the arena situation. So, we'll be here first to report it once we know uh, a little bit more. Once again, guys, we appreciate it. Remember Woo. that we are here every Wednesday night, Wednesday. except for next week and the week after. So the next two weeks are off. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, we are on Facebook. We are on Twitter or X. Uh, you can find Evan at Revenev. You can find me at Hockey underscore two. Uh, we will be back on January 10th at 7 p.m., we love our sponsorship and all our partners. JR Web Design, who does our website, go check out our thing. Um, take it easy, Jesse. Have a good night. Have we good have one, the man. YouTube page, uh, the Cow Casca Battlers, who are out in Michigan playing some really fun hockey. Go check them out. Go see uh, some exciting local hockey for all of you in that state. And Evan, any final thoughts before we end? No, it's it's been it's been another ring and ding dong dandy in the famous words of Ed Whalen. So I'm just gonna say, in the meantime and in between time. Keep your sticks on the ice. Stay safe, guys. Merry Christmas, happy Kana, happy Kwanzaa, all the holidays. Have a great cheers. holiday season. Bye. Guys, cheers. Bye-bye. Could that just put him over the edge. I'm not too sure. I don't think they did well. He's a bully. I'm just so sick and tired. I'm hanging on a wire. A foot over the fire. And it's burning like a feeling inside. Done with the same cliche. Done with the day after day. There's got to be a way. Now is the time to break the tie. I'll live. I'll die for what is wrong and what is right. I'll take the pain for all the ones without a name. To be invisible will be invisible. They still have a lot of uh, holes to fill. He didn't get fired. He didn't get fired. No, he didn't get fired. He never got his contract renewed.